Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Welcome to Edition with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Mara, I don't know if you watched Days this past Wednesday, but it was Christian Alfonso's final day on the show as Hope. And though she didn't know it when she filmed the scenes, she did such a beautiful job in them. And it was Hope finding out that Ciara could really be dead. Um, and she just went out on such a high note performance-wise, and, you know, it's going to be a little strange on the show without her. Also, Melissa Reeves is ending her run as Daisy's Jennifer. Uh, I spoke to her replacement, Katie McLean, for an interview in the new issue. Katie told me she's so grateful to be back at work. You know, when you and I spoke to her on the podcast, she shared that she had been directing, so she admitted to me that she wasn't even sure if she would ever act again. Um, but she also made me laugh when she said that after she got the call from Days, she panicked that she had COVID cookie butt um, and had to like sort of get in gear to be camera ready. Um, but she's super excited about joining Days, and I think she's going to do a great job as Jen. Well, I too have COVID cookie butt, so I hear you, Katie. Um, I really appreciated the interview that she gave you because Katie has been in daytime a long time, and she is a very smart a savvy person who understands the soap audience and knows that people have loved her predecessor, Missy Reeves, for decades. She respects that and she honors that. You know, obviously it's a tough recast because of how strongly identified Missy is with the role. Uh, there have been other Jennifers, but I think for most fans, there really is only one and that is Missy. But I, I do think that Katie was a great choice and I will be watching her first scenes with great interest. Uh, as for Christian, you know, bravo to her for the great work she did in her final scenes, as you noted. Um, listen, you know, the two of them will be greatly missed and it really does feel like the end of an era, but we've all been following this medium long enough uh, to know that the show must go on. Uh, another recast that made headlines this week, albeit on a smaller scale because it's a role that we haven't seen a lot of, is that of G.H.'s Gregory, the father of Finn and Chase, and the husband of Jackie Templeton, we now know. Uh, that part was originated uh, in 2018 by James Reed, who was reprising the role of Daisy's Clyde. But when Gregory returns to Port Charles in the near future, it will be in the form of primetime vet Gregory Harrison. Now, I think you know I love me some James Reed because North and South is my favorite miniseries of all time. But I actually spoke to him this week. He told me that GH had contacted him and he wasn't available to go in and film. So if I had to pick a great replacement, my God, would it be Gregory Harrison? I think he's going to be so good and I can't wait for his scenes with Kim and his scenes with the boys. Um, and, you know, speaking of Kim, like, wow, did she hit the ground running? I mean, she had me at hello. I think her scenes so far have been natural. She effortlessly fits right into the canvas. And I just love how we're talking about a character who hasn't been seen in like 35 years. And suddenly she is super relevant and creating more story for a host of characters in Port Charles. Absolutely. Uh, I actually interviewed Kim last week for a feature in an upcoming issue, and she was very tickled when I told her how frequently she has come up on the podcast because of the impact in particular uh, of her character's death by jet ski when she exited all my children back in the day as Jenny. Oh, have we uh, talked about that? <laughs> yeah, a, a time or two. Uh, and she said she was going to start listening to the podcast. She wrote down the name of it and everything. So Kim, if you're listening, we are just loving you as Jackie and look forward to seeing you and Gregory together. Uh, but I digress. Um, 
Also in the new issue, we have got all the details on the big drama that YNR has in store when Elena fesses up to Devon about her comfort sex with Nate. Now, suffice it to say, this is uh, not going to be music to Devon's ears, and I'm expecting some great performances from real-life couple Brighton James and Brittany Sarpy as they play this out. Uh, I really want to give a shout-out to Brittany for the wonderful work that she has been doing in bringing Elena's torment and guilt to life. You know, I, I've been following her since day one of her soap career when she joined uh, General Hospital in 2015 as Valerie, and it is so great to see her uh, not only you know, her talent maturing, but to see her being given the kind of material that she's getting on YNR. Uh, on GH, she was kind of starved for story a lot of the time, which may have come as a result of Valerie's sort of like messy involvement in a different cheating storyline where she was the other woman who slept with her cousin Lulu's husband, Dante, which was not a twist that sat well with fans. Now here, she's sleeping with her boyfriend's cousin, so I am definitely sensing a theme involving cousins. But here, I think YNR has really set her up for success, and I have been very impressed with her on screen. Oh, agreed. I mean, we've seen some great work all around the dial. I mean, Bold and Beautiful's John McCook and Rena Sofer were amazing as Quinn was busted for scheming with Shauna to split Brook and Ridge. Day's newcomer, Lindsay Arnold, has been so awesome as Allie as she navigates this, you know, did trip rape her slash father her baby story as have all the actors in that story, from Brian Dottillo's Lucas, finding out the news from Nicole, of all people, to Drake Hogeston's recovering John, getting upset at the hospital, to Stephen Nichols and Mary Beth Evans striking all the right notes as Steve and Kayla exploring their feelings about it, uh, you know, with regard to Trip. And, you know, speaking of Trip, kudos to Lucas Adams, who I felt got such short shrift the first time around on Days, and now they're using him so well in this very solid tale. Yeah, uh, and another actor who is being well used right now, not just on one show, but on two, is Wally Kurth, who has much to play on GH, uh, where his Ned has made a fine mess of things by cheating on Olivia with Alexis, uh, and on Days, where his Justin is maybe sort of kind of falling for his late wife, Adrian's lookalike Bonnie, uh, who's played by our guest today, Judy Evans, who I just could not be more excited to talk with. You know, she has had such a strong and storied soap career where she's really been known for two completely different archetypes of soap characters, the fragile heroine and the brash street smart heroine, and has been so successful at both. Judy is truly amazing. I had the great fortune of covering Another World when she was on back in the 90s, and I cannot wait to catch up with her. So let's get her on the line and see how she's doing. Hi, Judy. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> doing good, doing good. Well, we are so happy to talk to you today. So happy to talk to you too. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are aware that you contracted COVID-19 after falling off your horse uh, earlier this year. So tell us how you're feeling. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I do have uh, a little bit of a, still some breathing, struggling. Um, oxygenation struggles, which we're working on. Um, nobody really knows, you know, a lot about, so we're just keeping an eye on it. But other than that, my, my body's pretty much back to where it was before, which I'm still trying to make it better. But um, yeah, I, um, my trainer, I've had to, you know, see a personal trainer to try to get my shoulder back up the two inches that it fell down um and everything so just working it just getting more physically fit and um but pretty my body's pretty great um just the little you know oxygenation struggles that i have now from the covid and i you know worry about you know now there's you know talk of reinfection and so that's a little worrying since it affected my circulatory system so so badly oh my god that's crazy. You had one of the crazier experiences I've heard of, you know, in That's the hospital. It, it was scary and it all happened so fast. And I feel for so many of the people whose families are struggling with this, family members, and they can't see them, can't talk to them. It's, 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 my heart goes out to them. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, as, as Steph said, it's just uh, so great to hear your voice and to have the chance to talk to you. Um, and, 
you know, you really have had a fascinating career in this industry that we love so much. And we're so excited to get to do a deep dive with you uh, into your history. But starting at the beginning, with your unique childhood, your parents were circus performers, and at a young age, you made your own circus debut as a baby clown. Not the most <laughs> traditional uh, upbringing, it sounds like to me. Was that a fun way to grow well, up? Looking back, yes. However, at that time, it was, doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> you know, when, when uh, you don't have a lot of interaction with, uh, uh, you know, a lot of other people, because we were on the road a lot, and it was just the six of us and 15 foot for a good part of the year every year so <laughs> it's like well this is normal right <laughs> um it it was fun it was fun and it uh we learned a lot about how to get along uh in tight quarters um a lot of compromise we learned compromise at a young age and my dad was very strict about our education so every day i mean we moved from town to town every night and they would set up, go to sleep. And the next day, they'd do an after shoot, noon show, an evening show, pack up, and move to the next town. So my idea did manage to get a good four straight hours of education in that. Of course, I was little, but my poor brothers, man. But the good thing is when they got back to their schools, respective schools after the season was over, they were so ahead of their class because there were no bathroom breaks or fooling around. <laughs> we, they dad, was, dad was doing homeschooling before anyone was doing it. Yeah, before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, was it a no-brainer for you that you would choose performing as a career? Because since it was like the family business? No. Um, I really, at a young age, was interested in languages. I, from, I'm going to say fourth grade on, uh, French and Spanish, I took every year for a good straight five years. So I wanted to be an interpreter at first. And then I got involved in an accelerated science program at the school I was attending. And then I wanted to be a doctor, a geriatrician, actually. Everyone else wanted, you know, a different specialty. But um, I, I like to volunteer my time at that time to uh, retirement homes and read to people and sit with people, something I did with my church. So I'd see people who were in retirement homes who their families didn't come to visit. And I felt at that time, back in the 70s, that you know, older generations need our attention. So that's what I really wanted to be as a geriatrician. Um, but then, you know, at 16 did a play and then it was all downhill after that educationally. <laughs> so uh, in 1983, you were cast in your daytime Emmy Award winning role as Beth Rains on Guiding Light. Tell us your uh, Guiding Light casting story. I had waited till I was 18 to get an agent because um, I was in college when I was 16. And I waited till I was 18 to get an agent because I wanted, of course, as a control freak, total control of my career. And I just got an agent and they just started sending me out when the call went out for the role. So I went and read for it and then did a test in LA. And then they flew three of us to New York to test in New York. And I was really, really lucky and really surprised uh, when that came through. And, I remember my mom saying to me afterwards, before we even went to start looking for a place to live in New York, she said, are you sure? Because I was only 18. You sure? You know, you don't have to go. And I was like, I remember saying, are you kidding? I can't wait. And the look on her face, I, I regretted saying it like that. I didn't mean it like that. Like, I got to get away from you. But I could see her heart just shatter. And I'm like, well, I didn't mean it like that. I'm ready to go off and be on my own. So... That was very exciting, and there's so much happened so fast that even if something like that happened today, I don't think I could process it, at, at, and certainly not at that level. I was so young and naive and just, so I'm just going out and living and, and didn't realize the, the impact it would have on me, my family, and viewers too. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, so what was it like for you then? Here you are, you've never been on a show and boom, you're like thrust into this heavily emotional storyline on a soap opera. It was overwhelming. I, um, 
had, I needed to find a coach right away <laughs> or an acting class. And um, the executive producer at the time suggested a coach that she knew that was great, Harold Guskin. So I started studying with him because I, I needed someone to help me at least run lines because <laughs> there was, it was back in the day too. And soap scenes were seven, eight, 10 minutes long. So there was a lot of dialogue and there wasn't as much action as there was talking. So, and also I enrolled in uh, HB studios to study uh, in classes um, and where Uda Agen taught. So I, I, even though I'd had, two years of studying not only in college, but also in workshops and in, in LA, I, I needed help. It's never, hopefully, anything you do, you keep learning and growing and progressing. So all I knew is I just had a lot of work to do every day. And luckily to be able to work with Tina Sloan, James Rebhorn, Beverly McKenzie, they were so generous with advice and how to handle this. I remember, you know, Beverly saying early on, cause I would work, I would do five or four or five scripts a week and it's not to memorize. There were no cue cards. There were no teleprompters. It was like doing a play a week. It is still is. Um, and Beverly giving me a little tip on Sunday night, learn all your scripts backwards. Learn Friday, then Thursday, then Wednesday, then Tuesday, then Monday. And then Sunday night, just review Mondays and then review Tuesday. So learning them like that, and I, I, that's, I don't learn as many as often, but, but I, I spend the weekend before making sure, or sometimes two weekends, making sure I, I've memorized it, let it cook, and then every night, review, review, review. So, um, but they were so generous and, and such incredible actors to be at the knee at especially those three people. And I learned from them. I remember lots of times going to the set when other actors were working and sitting cross-legged on the floor in the dark, just watching what they did. Um, so it was an experience. I, I just, you know, everything is a day by day, moment by moment thing for me. I've got to get through this moment here. If I look over there and see that mountain, I'm never going to climb it. Um, so I, I, all I've got to do is I've got to learn these scripts. I've got to go to work tomorrow. I've got to go to work. So I didn't realize how big it was because I wouldn't have been able, I would have been frozen. <laughs> well, you uh, as Beth, when you started, were part of this really storied romance and friendship quadrangle of the four musketeers, Beth, Mindy, Rick, and Philip. Uh, what do you think it was about that storyline that struck such a chord with the audience? Oh, gosh, I believe it was the relationships. The writing was incredible. Um, it was being head-writed at the time, head-writed, head-written. Oh, my gosh. See, I should have gone to college longer. Um, head, uh, the head-writer was Pam Long, and she was an incredible storyteller. And I mean, the hardest job and the the biggest job on a on a show is is that of the writer. And um, to she was great at weaving lots of stories at the same time, including intricate stories between these four people, this couple over here, this couple over here, how they interact, and how that interacts in the big picture, and then this couple over here and this couple of. So it was a story weaving. Um, Things took a long time to develop. Um, you, you know, you had to build, build, build. Everything's built to a crescendo that led to another build to another crescendo. So, it, it, a lot. I think a lot of it had to do with the writing. It all, as Al Rubin always used to say, it begins with the written word. And when you have great writing, it's hard to mess it up. <laughs> so. But there's a lot of pressure because you don't want to mess it up because the writing is so good. I've been fortunate my entire career to work with incredible writers at every show that I've worked on. So it's been fortunate for me. It makes my job super easy, but shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lot easier than it looks because of them. <laughs> well, what stands out to you about your fellow musketeers, uh, Krista Tesro, Michael O'Leary, and Grant Alexander? 
we had a lot of fun together. Um, Michael was such a jokester, is such a jokester. Every day he'd do impressions of people from his past, from his family to uh, people we worked with. And he just kept us in stitches. Krista with that effervescent, ever positive energy. And Grant was such a strong personality as well. I, I think we just meshed together. The story went, it, it's something you can't really put your finger on. It was magical but you can't pull one or two or three things. It was everything combined, our friendships, our relationships, the way we worked as actors, the way the story was written, the way the directors directed it, the way the crew, I mean, the crew also has a lot to do with how performances come out. When you have such supportive crews, you feel, and supportive actors, you feel relaxed enough to let it happen. And that's, I think, when magic happens, when you do all the homework, come to work prepared and then are in an environment where you can be safe and relaxed and things just evolve. So we were very fortunate, I think all four of us to be in a situation, to be with each other and to be in a situation in an environment that was ever, ever nurturing and fun. <laughs> oh, I wonder, you know, in addition to the sort of, you know, high school romantic lightness, you know, you also had some real meat on your storyline bone, if you will. Um, you know, Beth didn't have it easy. She didn't come from a stable home and she was raped by right. her stepfather, Bradley, who, as you mentioned, was played by the late uh, Redhorn. What was it like to tackle such challenging material? It, you know, you were still a teenager. It was written really well. It was written with so much thought and precision. It resonated with people, the reality of the situation, because that is and always has been a, an epidemic. And the writing, the portrayal of the other actors in that situation um, resonates with a lot of people. Um, it's something that happens to a lot of people. And back in the early 80s, it was still kind of taboo to talk about it, even in court cases. Um, the McMartin trials had just ended not, oh no, they, the McMartin trials were, I believe, going on at that time. And still, you know, victims weren't being heard. And if you were a victim of that, it was somehow your fault. So to tell it from the, the way that they told it, and even when Beth told Lillian at first what happened, what did Lillian do? She slapped her daughter. Um, so it told that story so truthfully, the way I think a lot of people experience it, it, it resonated. And um, just from responses, letters, I can speak from my own experience that I received. Um, people said it changed their lives. It, it gave them the courage to face the things, the molestation that they had in their lives and to seek help. And so I'm really proud that I was able to be a part of that for the people that it touched and hopefully educated others too that may have not gone through something like that to have some empathy and understanding and because it affects your life forever mm -hmm. well um in addition to that storyline we saw beth in a romance with vincent irizari's lou jack so tell us about your memories of working with vincent oh, he's so much fun so much fun and such a dedicated actor um, again, you know, um, I was fortunate, I'm fortunate, I've been fortunate in my career to work with people who come to work prepared and Vincent was one of them and go toe to toe and he, he, his energy, uh, was so different because he was rough around the edges too, but such a great heart, such a good man. So it w was so much fun. And again, just a totally different personality, totally fun, <laughs> totally funny. It was, it was, we all grew up together in a sense. So it's, it's 
it's nice having brothers and sisters like that. <laughs> yeah, a special bond for sure. So what are your memories of winning your Emmy and hearing your name called? So crazy. Uh, again, I was just so young and overwhelmed. That all, I, all I knew at that point was, hey, I got a job as an actress. Shh, don't tell anybody. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so I was just so focused on going to work and doing a job and trying to do the best job that I could with the you know, minor tools that I had that that night, it's still kind of a blur. It was so surprising. My mind went blank, which was evident when I got up there. I was shaking and Larisse Thorell, who had um, announced that, and she grabbed me by the shoulders and I'm like, I don't know what to she shook me and said, you need to say something. <laughs> you need to say something so sweetly. I mean, she, but she was intensely, sweetly telling me, get your stuff together, girl. You can't just go. And, and I was such, I just kind of went, thank you. And I named, you know, our executive producer by first name only and our head writer by first name only, one of the directors. And then just again, blank, because there's all these faces facing you. And, and, and even though, you know, as an actor, you have to be an extrovert. I'm not, there's a persona that you, that I have in front of people that really may be a part of me, but it isn't. So all these faces staring at you, I just said, thank you. And I ran, ran off because I, 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 I didn't know what to say. I didn't, even, I didn't even really know it was gone. <laughs> so that again, I was young, naive, and young and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did leave Guiding Light in 1986. Later that same year, Days snapped you up to play Adrian Johnson. Um, how did that all come about? Well, um, I'd come out to LA if, as you know, I did a movie the week right before I left Guiding Light and wanted to, you know, try something new as all young people do. And you go from a small pond to a much bigger pond. So I came out to LA to chase a film career. And after a few months, I missed working every day as an actress because you don't have that luxury in this industry ever, except for on soaps. And the, I just miss acting every day. Um, so I had reached out uh, to a friend of mine who said, you know, why don't you reach out? I, I know, you know, uh, Brian Franz, who at the time was the uh, head of NBC, um, he mentioned that, you know, he liked your work. So I did. And we had uh, a meeting and then a role came up on days. Well, I remember reading with Stephen and Al Raven's office. And I, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I, I get myself in trouble more often than not. But, you know, I'm kind of have a naughty sense of humor and things just fly out of my mouth before I could stop them because I think they're funny. And I like you know, having kind of an innocent face and shocking people with vulgarity. At least I especially did that. I can't remember what it was, but I, after the reading, which was very intense, because Stephen Nichols is another great actor, very intense. I remember saying something very bawdy. <laughs> it just took everyone to my surprise. Stephen saying something, she's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I... I <laughs> And then I, 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 we did, oh gosh, now again, you know, my memory isn't as clear as it hopefully should be, but um, I think there was a, uh, there was an on tape. There were eight of us auditioning on tape after that for the role of Adrian. So again, I, I consider myself really fortunate to, as an actress, as an older actress, to have worked this long and with so many great people, but to work this long as an actress, I, I consider myself very lucky, very fortunate, and it's just rare. Um, from the time I was 26 or even younger, I've uh, heard from many people in the industry, there's not a lot of roles for a woman your age. So to be 56 and still acting here and there is, <laughs> I think I'm pretty fortunate. I, I count my blessings every day. 
Dishing with Digest is proudly sponsored by Nutrisystem. Nutrisystem is a leader in the weight loss industry, having helped millions of people lose weight over the course of more than 45 years. Do you feel like in these times of social distancing and working from home, that weight gain has been creeping up on you with all those takeouts and snacks? Let me tell you, you're not the only one. This is where Nutrisystem can help and get you back on track. Nutrisystem is simple and convenient, and it's great getting delicious, filling meals delivered right to your door every week for way less than you would spend on takeout or delivery, and it's much healthier. All the meals are quick to prepare, and a delicious breakfast is as easy as grabbing a snack bar or muffin on your way out the door. All you need to do is follow the perfectly portioned meal plan. It's reduced the stress of meal planning and shopping, and I'm eating so much better. There's a wide variety of recipes and I save so much time as meals come together quickly, which is less stressful and way less time consuming than going to the grocery store. Nutrisystem has exceeded my expectations. My favorite foods are the thick crust pizza and the chocolatey pretzel bar. And I can assure you that it's a great program for those looking for a complete plan to lose weight and stay healthy. Order Nutrisystem now. Go to our partner site, Nutrisystem.com slash us weekly to get 50% off. Again, that's Nutrisystem.com slash U-S-W-E-E-K-L-Y to get 50% off. Now back to the show. When you uh, made your day's debut, uh, you became a member of yet another great daytime family, the Johnson family. Uh, Steve, your mom, Joe, on the show. Ultimately, uh, Jack was revealed to be your brother. What are your, your early memories of building that family and bringing that family to life? I, I love that family because, again, it was a family that struggled. They had big struggles as well. Um, within the family unit and as individuals as well. So uh, that was, that's a great family to be a part of because there's more everyday reality about the families than, oh, I was born in a mansion and I live in a mansion and I don't really have to work much. But, <laughs> you know, so, you know, we, uh, most, of, most of the world, you know, everybody gets up every day with a struggle. Um, whether it's financial or is there going to be a roof over your head or wow, this family's so nuts. How do I deal with it? Um, so I, I, that was a family that was, I think, very relatable to a lot of people. And, uh, I, I, I like those real families with real problems, real struggles. And, and those inner relationships between the brothers and the brother and the sister, I mean, every family, hope, well, you know, most families, I would think, go through struggles like that. <laughs> Maybe not in that extreme, but <laughs> certainly we all struggle. Well, um, Adrian was paired with Wally Kurtz Justin, and it took off in a huge way. So far for Digest covers and everything. And by 1987, Days was flying you to Greece to film their first wedding. So tell us about those early days of Adrian and Justin and working with Wally Kurtz. Oh, Wally, he is the sweetest again. How lucky am I to <laughs> get to work with all these wonderful men uh, who are wonderful actors and these wonderful women who are wonderful actresses. Um, I can't say enough wonderful things about Wally. He's been such a good friend for so long and such a talented man and such a funny man too. Uh, it was exciting. It was so much fun. Again, another big whirlwind. <laughs> so uh, in 1991, Justin and Adrian were written out of Salem and very quickly you popped up on Another World uh, as Paulina Corey, a role uh, that you would pay, play through to the show's end in 1999. So how did the Paulina job come about? I left days because the person I was married to who I thought was going to move to LA, was living in New York. And I felt I had to, because I'd made a commitment to follow through with that and try to make that work because it wasn't working. So I left days to move to New York, New Jersey to try to fix a situation that was difficult. Well, within a couple of months, I um, came to the conclusion that it was not fixable. And 
again, now I needed, I, you know, needed that work. And my agent at the time, um, had a lot of clients, both, uh, I think writing, producing and acting on another world. And she had heard that, you know, maybe they were looking for someone and it, that just kind of happened as well that they were looking for someone to play the role and it, it just kind of came about that way, kind of like in a discussion situation. And then it just evolved from that. So I just needed to work and I'd already moved cross country. You know, it's like, I better find a job. I got to work again. <laughs> I, and I didn't think to move back to, for some reason to LA right away. I mean, everything just kind of unfolded again. I, I don't, I wish I could say I led my life, but I don't. I follow the wind. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have plans, but, oh, this happened. I got to deal with it. Oh, this happened. Oh, now I need, uh, okay. I better go find something. I'm a stronger person in that sense that I could determine what I'm supposed to do. But I, like I said, I kind of follow the wind. It goes that way. Yay! What do we can make this a good ride, okay? And and I'm I'm grateful. I mean, Paulina's a great role. Another role was an incredible experience. So and led me to meeting Michael, which who I'd met. It's I don't know, um my husband Michael, I met when I was on Guiding Light. We had horses at the same stable in New Jersey. We were 19 years old. We met, we spoke one day, um, just a little bit, uh, for like half hour. And I moved my horse shortly after that. Then obviously eventually ended up, I never saw him again, ended up moving to LA, then back to New York. I was going through a divorce. It just, I think, been on another world just a bit. And my girlfriend, you know, let's take you out. She went to this jazz club, but we were talking and getting yelled at because we were talking during the music. Oh, well, let's leave this stuffy old place and drag me to this 50s bar, which I was like, oh. Ah, I don't want to do this. And, you know, all these slick guys and suits. And I'm like, oh, this is so not my, oh, who's that? <laughs> oh. Wow. He seems different. Always walking towards me. He's going to ask me, oh, he went to the bathroom. Oh, okay. Well, there he goes. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. And there was something about him. And, you know, I was nervous. And my girlfriend's like, no. Like, yeah, so, I don't know. Slug of wine. And I tapped him on the show, ran over, tapped him on the show. Like, hey, want to dance? And didn't wait for a response. Ran to the dance floor. And he followed. And we're dancing. And he says, so what's your name? I'm like, Judy, what's your name? Michael. He goes, what's your last name? Evans. Oh, I know who you are. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh. He goes, yeah, didn't you have a horse at Westwood? I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and the rest is history. And the rest is history. It was, it was meant to be so oh, that's a lot of packing <laughs> that's crazy story wow well um it seems to be your habit you struck coupling gold on another world as well jake and paulina's unconventional love story was a huge hit so what stands out to you about that relationship and working with tom Eflin? oh another gentleman very toe-to-toe -to if you didn't come to work completely prepared you were going to regret it <laughs> because he was ready to go. And that was exciting. And you never knew what was going to happen. So that made working together very exciting because I do like to have that, you know, you have an idea where you, again, I, I'm a wind blows person. You have an idea where you want to go, but it's great to work with a partner who you don't know what's going to happen. So it just adds that extra crackling in the air. And he loved to surprise people and do things differently. And it was, it was fun. And it was, so we had a lot of fun and we played a lot of pranks on each other. Um, so, which made it even more fun. And, and we had a healthy respect for each other, which was good. Um, but I loved those two characters. They fought nonstop and they fought dirty and including in the mud and they just one upped each other all the time and it was so exciting it was really a fun exciting tough 
um, relationship. So I really did have a lot of fun. And you just, like I said, you just never knew where it was going to go. And sometimes because when they're on your face and we tried to just add, I don't know why we felt we had to do this because there was already enough there. But when the camera's on your face and you know the cameras, because there's a little red light, you can tell when it's on someone else's. It, be my close up and it'd be serious stuff. And, you know, again, those scenes were back in the day when scenes were 15, 20 pages long sometimes. And he'd be going, you know, sticking his tongue out and making funny faces and be like, oh, you brat. So then the camera would be on him and I'd be like, picking my nose. And, and, <laughs> so, and, and, and sometimes, you know, maybe he'd put his pages of the script on the floor if you know there were some lines that he couldn't remember you know so he could look down at them and if he did that when he was being naughty i would just slightly move and put my foot on those pages and say now what ma la 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 i won't say the word <laughs> and he'd look at me like <laughs> when he pushed through we pushed through so i mean we we <laughs> in a fun way pushed each other's buttons a lot which i think <laughs> came across on screen. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Now, ultimately, though, Paulina ended up with Joe Carlino, played by Joe Barbara. What was Joe like as a leading man? Oh, so sweet and so generous. And what a doll. Uh, again, another, I'm just completely blessed to work with so diverse and talented people always. Um, and he was such a sweetheart, just like a big teddy bear of a guy. And <laughs> he will remind me often for some reason when I was, when I was pregnant, I was very, you know, obviously hormonal. And for some reason, when I was pregnant, I didn't like Joe for whatever reason. And it was totally, I mean, he's the nicest guy in the world. I love him dearly. He teases me to this day. But for some reason, I had this aversion for Joe. And without knowing it, I, I was, according to him, probably true, a little mean to him. And then the minute I had my son, I was like, hi, Joe. And he was like, girl, this girl is wacky. So he teases me to this day. Remember when you were so mean to me when you were pregnant? Like, yeah, I think so. Not really. Okay. You see, you say so. I'm sorry. So hormonally mean. And, and, and he's the nicest guy. How could you ever not That's lie to Joe Barbara? He is the nicest, sweetest guy ever. Oh my God. And I didn't even realize it, but in fact, he, w he went to hug me in well, one season. Um, I was like, sadly, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Again, I'm so sorry. I still apologize for it. If you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> well, sadly for everyone on this call, Another World was canceled in 1999. Um, so what was the end of the show like for you? Again, it was one of those things where you just can't believe that it happened. Uh, and I don't think until the last day, I think there was some part, at least in maybe my it was like, somebody come in and save this, right? This is kind of an institution. It's a great show. People, are you sure that people love this show? Ah, it's just unbelievable that something that had, was such a great show as Guiding Light, as As All Turns, and such a staple of Americana. How could we lose that? How could it go away? And to this day, I still can't believe another world. Yeah. Guiding Light, As It Will Turns, One Night to Live, All My Children. I can't believe those are not on the air. And Another World is such a great, again, diverse show with diverse characters, but wonderfully family values and, and just, and funny. There's a lot of comedy in Another World. So ah, it's just so sad. I just still can't believe it to this day. And for the first time I heard that James Brown song, since Another World ended, the one with the gorilla. And the other day I heard it for the first time since then, I was like, oh my God, how could that be gone? It was very special. It's very, like, very special memories, I think, for everybody in different ways. You know? um, now, uh, you ended up in 2003 returning to Salem, but as Bonnie, not as Adrian. So how did your days come to pass? That's kind of funny too. <laughs> so we moved out here right after Another World went off the air. We moved out here 
um, because, you know, shows were going away in New York. There wasn't a lot of work. So I came to LA where they're just as an actor, more work. And I had been trying, you know, making, Hey, Hey, you know, uh, trying to see if there was a way back to days. Cause again, I just love to work. I'm a workaholic. It's a, it's a, condition but unfortunately i am so and you know basically well you know the johnson family you know the show had been gone in a different direction you know away from that so i was like okay so trying to get other work and a couple of years go by and a little work and finally my husband and i were like ah, let's just get out of town and we're driving to for a vacation in arizona and my agent out here called me and said um they're interested in you at another, uh, not another world, Days of Our Lives. And I said, really? He's like, yeah, the character is Bonnie Lockhart. And he starts describing her. And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you sure they're asking for Judy Evans? Because, you know, I used to, you know, he goes, yeah, yeah. And the character, when he described it, I'm like, oh, I just love her already, you know, outrageous, crazy, naughty, you know, funny. And um, I was so excited, but I really didn't think I was going to get it because, you know, I played Adrian and that was kind of my kind of character. So when that came about and the audition happened and the screen test, I was just blown away. I was so excited um, <laughs> to be playing such a, different role than Adrian too, which I love Adrian, but this was the complete opposite. <laughs> so that's kind of how that, I mean, I really, and I kept saying to my, are you sure it's not Andrew Evans we're looking for? Because are you sure it's Judy? Okay. All right. Awesome. Let's go for it. That's amazing. Well, in the beginning, I recall you had a different hairstyle to differentiate from Adrienne, but eventually that sort of went away. Um, right. Well, um, you had like a long brown wig, no? Oh, that was actually, that came later. Um, cause when I came to play Bonnie, she was blonde feathered and I got to do funny things with my hair. Then when Bonnie went away and you'll be better at the years than I will, because it all blends together. And I came back as Adrian. I dyed my hair kind of like a cherry red, not cherry red, but uh, cola red, cherry cola red, and added extensions because there was three months in between Bonnie leaving and Adrian coming back. And I'm like, I, I, I got to do something radical. Is it okay if I do something radical? And they were like, sure. So I did do that when I left as Bonnie and came back so quickly as Adrian. The came back as Adrian the first time, just so people wouldn't go. All right. Is that Bonnie wearing conservative clothes? <laughs> <laughs> well, in 2010, you did return as Adrian, And for a time, you did play both Adrian and Bonnie. So what was that dual role like for you? I always wanted to play two characters at the same time. So I was so looking for, so nervous about it, but so looking forward to it. The challenge of that, and there were a few days where I got to play the same, you know, both characters on the same day, which is so awesome. And I, I was really looking forward to that challenge. That's one of those dream moments for me, because that's something I always wanted to do. Well, uh, last year we had to say goodbye to Adrienne when she, uh, passed away uh, as part of the really ambitious time jump storyline that the show undertook. How did you feel about having to say goodbye to Adrian? Heartbroken, devastated. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and I, I just, I do, I love that character as much as I love any character I've played. So it's, I've never played a character who passed away. So it was, it, it was sad, very sad. Um, it, but again, it brought so much life to Justin. And, you know, I mean, he was able, and Wally was able to play things that he'd never or very rarely had a chance to do and show so much range. And he did such a great job. He always does a great job. He's a wonderful, incredible actor as well as person. So 
you know, everything that ends brings about a beginning to something else. So that, that was a great moment for, and a series of moments for Wally to shine. So I'm grateful that that's what that was able to bring about. Well, that's a nice way to look at it, of course. Um, um, and Bonnie was out there and she now is back. What has it been like for you to be back as Bonnie now sort of in this new relationship with Justin or a new dynamic with him? It's great. It's great. And that it was a challenge coming back because they wanted Bonnie to look like Adrian. God bless, you know, Janet and Albert, our, our producers, because they would say, uh, you know, I know you're being sympathetic as Bonnie, but it's a little too Adrian-y. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Oh, it was, it was challenging too. And this is fun, you know, and, and see where this goes with, with Justin and, and Bonnie. Um, they certainly could learn a lot from each other and test each other's in, in ways that nobody's ever tested them before. Um, I think I hope it will give both characters a chance to grow and for us to see different facets of those two characters individually and then together and Wally has always said Bonnie was a better kisser I'm just saying <laughs> there was a little more oomph to Bonnie than Adrian lucky him. <laughs> well Days is on the verge of celebrating its 55th anniversary and you have been linked to the show on and off for nearly half of its remarkable run what does it mean to you to uh, still be a part of the show, to have been such an important player in its history, and uh, also to just have made such a name for yourself in the soap industry over the past now 27 years? Grateful would be words to describe being a part of this show, being a part of this industry, having, let me get all choked up here, having the opportunity to work with some talented, dedicated, wonderful people um, in this industry uh, on days of our lives. It's truly every show I've worked on is like a family and they, they are bound like family and close like family. And days of our lives is certainly no exception and even more so. It is a family. So to be part of this family for so long, just grateful. Grateful with such generous people. I'm very lucky. I count my blessings every day. Well, you got Mara crying for sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, well, Judy, it was so great to catch up with you today. I'm so happy you're doing so well. And we hope to talk to you soon. Have a great day. You too. My best. Thanks, Judy. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Judy Evans for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.